title for this message is The Battle for Your Heart and Mind. Okay? Now we need to think about what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the God of truth and he's dealing with us. Correct? Isn't that true? Okay. We have his spirit, which is the spirit of truth. Okay. And we have his word, which is the truth of God, from the God of truth. Now, we also know that the word of God is powerful and always working all of the time. Okay. Whether for good or whether for evil. Okay. So let's come to Hebrews 4 and let's see what we're dealing with. Because we cannot take any of the word of God lightly and we cannot have flippant thoughts concerning any part of it or prophecy. Okay? Because Here's what it is, and this is how we will be judged, okay? Now, let's pick it up here in verse 10. Now, verse 10, we're going to see, is talking about the Sabbath day. It's talking about the weekly Sabbath, Sabbatismos, more than it's talking about the Sabbath of the millennium. Uh, Let's go to verse 9. We'll read it. There remains, therefore, Sabbath-keeping, sabotismos. And in the Greek, everyone knows that that means Sabbath-keeping. For the people of God. It doesn't say for the Jews. That's the way that the Protestants and the Jews like to have it read. See? Now then, for the one who has entered into his rest, that is the Sabbath, every week, and we enter into it, right? He also has ceased from his works. That means quit working. There it is, right in the New Testament, to keep the Sabbath and don't work. What does it say in the Old Testament? You shall not do any work therein, right? Okay. Just as God did from his own works. So God rested so that he can accomplish two things that we know he's involved directly in the Sabbath. He himself keeps it, and he wants us to keep it. Okay. Now then, follow that up with verse 11. We should be diligent, therefore, to enter into that rest. In other words, diligently keep the Sabbath week after week after week after week, And why is that important? Because God puts his presence in the Sabbath. And if we come to him on the Sabbath day, spiritually yielded to him, 
He will fellowship with us through his word and through his spirit so that we will be refreshed physically, mentally, and spiritually with the Sabbath day, besides all of the other blessings that will come with it. Okay? Diligent to enter into that rest, lest anyone fall after the same example of disobedience. And what did God say to the children of Israel when they were out there in the wilderness? Okay. They didn't do what God said. Very few did. That's something. And he says in Isaiah 43, verse 24, you made me serve with your sins. See? That precisely what the Protestants and Catholics and Jews do today. See? So he says, verse 12, For the word of God is living and powerful. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said in John six sixty three, The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. See? So, just as Eduardo explained about the mind and the heart and the gut, everything about what God is doing with us and with his spirit and how we are living and keeping his commandments affects what? Our whole being, right? Yes. And there's a blessing for keeping the Sabbath, just like there's a blessing for studying the Word of God, just like there's a blessing for keeping the Word of God. Okay? For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. Now that means penetrating both the soul and spirit, and both the joints and marrow, which then is your physical body. So you receive a spiritual blessing, you receive a physical blessing, and they're all tied together, and that's all connected with the Sabbath day. Okay? And is able to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no other book in the world that you can have, that you can read, that when you read it, and you read it correctly, and you want to do the will of God, it will be teaching you as if God himself personally were doing it. Why? Because these are the words of God, and they are living. See? All right? Now notice, discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We'll talk about that here a little bit later. And there is not a created thing that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open to him to whom we must give an account. Now think about that. What does it say? Account. 
we're all going to come before Jesus Christ and give an account on what we did, right? Isn't that what it says? Yes. Okay. This is why we have grace. So that in the battle for our minds, we can overcome the things that try to pull us down, whether from within or whether things from without. See? And that when we miss the mark, as it says in First John, when we sin, he is gracious to forgive us our sins, that is, if we repent, okay, and continue with us in his righteousness, all right? Now, now think about that in relationship to the whole creation. And I'll bring this up again. And none of us know how God does this. But Jesus said, if a sparrow falls, God knows it. Now think about that. And when I go to my Jack Webb website, and I had Jonathan put it on my laptop, and I can bring up those pictures of the greatness of the universe out there, the stars, the galaxies. And what did God say? What did God say? He said, of, the, of all the nations of the earth, they're like a drop in the bucket. But he tells each one of us, behold the, the heavens and the things that he has made. That he's created them. He has named them. He has numbered them. Okay? And yet, he knows of a sparrow fall. Now then, how important is it for us in staying right with God? Let's come to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, okay? Because we're going to learn a lot just right in this fourth chapter. That the battle, and especially today, and every time I turn on the television, I remind myself this. Be careful, because you're letting the whole world come into your house. <laughs> okay. Now then, let's come here to verse 10, Proverbs 4. Now this is David, what he wrote to his son Solomon. And it says, God loves Solomon. Because his heart was tender. And because he sought after God, God said, since you didn't ask for riches and wealth, but you asked for understanding, I'm going to impart to you wisdom and understanding. Okay? Good lesson. If that happens, we're obligated to what? To use it. Right? Yes, indeed. And remember what we covered back in Deuteronomy 17, that the king was to write down a copy of the law that, that the priest had 
so that he wouldn't exalt himself above the brethren, right? And what, and that he wouldn't marry, multiply wives and multiply horses. So even though Solomon had all of those blessings and the teaching from David, what was one of the first things he did as king? He married an Egyptian princess. And then went into the horse trading business along with the Egyptians. And then married many wives and concubines. And what happened? I often think of this. I wonder what kind of fights that all these women had against each other concerning who's going to get the visit from Solomon. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All right. So here's what David wrote. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. And the years of, of your life shall be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. Okay. Now think about that with us. Okay. When you go, your steps shall not be hampered. And when you run, you shall not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. See? Just like Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. Okay. Now then, warning. We all have to have warnings, right? Yes. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not into the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not go in. Turn from it and pass on. Now that's how you start guarding your mind. When you know something is wrong, avoid it. Don't think on it. Don't mull it over. You know, Satan is always there bringing good thoughts. Okay? How about this? How about that? See, and if you're not strong, you may find yourself in trouble. Now notice, verse 16, and this tells you exactly what's happening in America today. All the evil people doing all the things that they are thinking of and all the wokeism and all the education and all the government and all, all of those things, okay? They have planned it for a long time, and as soon as Biden came in, bang, they sprung the whole thing on the whole nation. And who was prepared? Nobody. Okay? For they eat the bread of wickedness 
and drink the wine of violence. Okay? Now, notice verse 16. I've got to cover this one. For they do not sleep except when they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken, taken away unless they have caused someone to fall. Doesn't that say exactly what's going on today? And we have to be on guard against it, okay? Now, verse 18, compare that with this. But the path of the just is as a shining light, which shines more and more to the perfect day. And what is that perfect day but the resurrection, right? What shows is this. We can never rest on our accomplishments. If we've done good, that's fine. And if we continue to do good, that's great. And if we live by every word of God, that's how we're going to avoid all of these things, see? Okay. Verse 19, The way of the wicked is his darkness, and they know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Now, what's involved here? Free choice. Independent free moral agency, if ma. Okay. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Just like Eduardo brought out, the mind and the heart and the gut and everything works together. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. See? Now notice, here is the task. Verse 23, above all. In other words, the first and primary thing you need to do is guard the door of your mind, and it also includes the heart. You guard it. You don't let things in on it. See? Now, Look at all of the movies. Look at all of the mysteries. Look at the history of mankind. Nothing but sin and rottenness and death and Satanism, human sacrifice. And that's coming our way, so we've got to guard the door of our minds. And it says, with diligence. And that means always be alert. See? Now, I've told you many times what I do. I have the mute button on my remote. So when the ads come on, boop, I mute them. I don't listen to them. I don't watch them. And who knows what secret messages are also can contained in them that they know will psychologically affect the minds of people. Okay. With diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. There's nothing more important than using the Spirit of God, the commandments of God, and studying, see, Because our minds are not perfect. 
even with the Spirit of God. This is why God gave us the Sabbath day. So when we get together, we go over the Word of God. We study the Word of God. We know the will of God. We want to live His way. See? Okay. Now let's see what else we need to do here. All right? Let's come to Jeremiah 11. Jeremiah 11. Here God was pleading with the children of Israel and Judah. Jeremiah 11, we'll begin in verse 1. And we can apply this to us with the covenant that we have with God today through Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 11 and verse 1. Okay. This is why we need the Old Testament. See? Because it brings us examples of what happens when people forget God deliberately break his laws. See? Now, I was talking to someone the other night, and, and they said they caught Jonathan Kahn by saying, well, about clean and unclean meats. He said, well, I don't eat them, but, you know, as Christians, you can do that. And the same way with Sunday keeping. Well, if Christians, you can do that. So this person was finally convinced that he is a prophet of Baal. Okay. Now, could God knock him down uh, out of that position like he did the apostle Saul to become apostle Paul and and uh, spring him out of that? I don't know, but I'm not going to wait around to find out. <laughs> okay. So here, here's a good lesson for us. Now, we know what happened to Jerusalem, right? How many times before the destruction of Jerusalem in the 500s, that started in, in 46, because there were, uh, yeah, 46, that means it was uh, 726, okay? When Jeremiah began, 726, okay? The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, now what are we going to do when God says something, huh? What are we going to do when we read in the New Testament, Jesus said this, or whatever? Hear the word of the covenant, the words of the covenant. Now, what are the words of the covenant that we have in the New Testament? Okay. You know what chapters those are covered in? Especially most of them in John 14, 15, and 16, and 17. Okay. Those are the words of the covenant for eternal life. And they talk about God's blessing, God's spirit, and commandment keeping, and loving God. Right? Okay. Now, so he says, Speak to the men of Judah and to the people of Jerusalem and say to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, okay. Cursed is the man who does not obey the words of this covenant. Now, if you think there was a curse for the covenant with Israel, think about the curse of the covenant with Christ. Here it was physical death. On the other hand, 
if we turn and go away, that is spiritual death. And that means you don't exist. Okay. Which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace saying, obey my voice. Okay, remember those three words. Three most important words around. Obey my voice. That's what God wants. Has he asked us to do anything that's hard? How do the Protestants say the law is a curse? When God wants you to obey so he can bless. Huh? The curse comes from not obeying. And I brought you out of the land, obey my voice, and do according to all that I command you. Now, isn't that something? You compare that with the New Testament. What is one of the most important verses in the New Testament? We read it there in Hebrews 4, but what's another most important one concerning the Sabbath? Spoken by Jesus, his word. The Sabbath was made for man. Therefore, the Lord Jesus got in in the flesh, is Lord of the Sabbath day. That means he owns it. So if anyone says it's another day, you're denying Christ because he owns it. Okay? Obey my voice and do according to all that I command you so you may be my people and I will be your God. Well, what if you don't do it? Then you lose being his people, right? So that I may fulfill the oath which I swore to your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. So this is before things started getting bad. The first warning is wake up and quit sinning before it gets bad. Okay. Then I answered and said, Amen, O Lord. Then the Lord said to me, Declare all these words to the cities of Judah in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear the words of the covenant and do them. For I earnestly forewarned your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even to this day, rising up early and warning persistently, saying, Obey my voice. All the prophets, all the priests, okay? Yet, you did not obey, nor bow down your ear, but walk each one in the imagination of his evil heart. Now, where do you find that also recorded? The same words, see? Stop and think about this. What does God judge? your thoughts, and your actions. 
right? Okay. Where did he say the imagination of the heart was only evil continually? Genesis 6, 5, right? Same thing. Same thing in the New Testament. See, that's what God wants. So I will bring on them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did not do them. Okay. Now, how was it that they didn't do them? Was it because they just simply forgot? No, it's because the leaders led them in the wrong way. Read it right here. Okay. Verse 9. And the Lord said to me, a conspiracy. Now today they use that word. If you disagree with the wokeness and establishment today or the Christianity of this world, okay, what do they say? You believe in a conspiracy. Well, what is a conspiracy? A conspiracy is where people gather together to do what? To figure out a way to do something that people don't want you to do, but yet get away with it and do it. Is that not a conspiracy? Okay. Is that not what they're doing in the government today? Is that not what they've done in Christianity today? Yes, indeed. A conspiracy. And last night, I tried watching TBN and Daystar, and it was so stupid I couldn't believe it. And if they conspire to preach the wrong thing and yet make it look like it's so good. They say, all you have to do is just say this little prayer and you are saved. Okay. God says, when you come to me, rend your heart and not your garments. That's deep repentance. And then what, what is to happen? To be baptized. Okay. All right. There's a conspiracy is found among the men of Judah and among the people of Jerusalem, for they have turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers and refused to hear my words. That happened to me the other day. I got an email from a man who, who wrote about, well, what is a true Christian? Okay. He's a Sunday keeper. So... I wrote him back, <laughs> and I told him about the Sabbath, okay? And he answered back. He said, well, we don't have to do that as Christians today. See? Well, that's a conspiracy against God. Now, how do you think that's going to go? Let's read on. What happened to Jerusalem and Judah because they didn't obey. Read the history. 
Okay, they refused to obey my words and went after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. So then, what does he say? Gives a warning and says, all right, you are going to have evil come upon you as a result of your sins. Question, do we have that today? And is it difficult for us to keep our hearts and minds the way that they should be unless we stay close to God? Yes, indeed. Just like the proverb said, guard the door of your mind diligently. Okay? All right, let's look at some psalms. Now, psalms is one of the best things. If you want to know how to draw close to God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and being, okay? And if you want to see the problems and difficulties that we experience, let's come to Psalm 44, okay? Psalm 44, right? Now then, let's look at something else. What was the beginning? Let's ask the question. What was the real beginning of the mass homelessness that we see today? Okay. Breakup of the family. Breaking the commandments of God. And then marijuana. Now, what happened then? What do they say of all of those? And 90% plus started out with pot. That interferes with your thinking with the THC. Interferes with your whole system. So how are you going to correct that? Oh, well, the Democrats have the solution. Give them all the drugs they want. Psalm 44. Let's pick it up here in verse 20. If we have forgotten the name of our God and stretched out our hands to a strange God, is that what they do? There is no God. There is evolution. There is our own thought. There is technology. And all of these things make us beyond the Bible. Okay? Wrong. Shall not God search this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. And is he not going to judge the secrets? Yes, he is. All right? Let's come to Psalm 64. Okay? All of these things pile up, don't they? All of these things come along. Psalm 64, and let's come to verse 5. Okay? Psalm 64 and verse 5. Now, here's what they do. Here's what happened. We're going to work it out. We got a, a solution for it. And let's just ask the question. How has all of these social services benefited the nation. Haven't. 
destroyed the family. And in the black community, no one will hear what is being said. Larry Elder's trying to tell them, a black man telling the black community, the reason you are where you are the way that you are with all of the problems that you have is because there's no father in the house and the government is the one who caused it by having single mothers get payment from the government and that is actually their husband then and they can't have a man in the house. Okay. They encourage themselves in an evil plan. They talk of laying snares secretly. Isn't that what happens with all of these laws? Looks good on the surface, but it never works out. Okay. They say, who shall see them? Okay. Huh. Doesn't that sound like the Biden mafia? We will have so many bank transfers that they will never find out in 10 years. Well, guess what? God is exposing them for what they are so that people will have a choice. What will they choose? They might not choose God, but at least they should choose what is right. But will they do it? Huh. Let's go on. They plot injustice as saying, we have made a perfect plan. All we need is this legislation. In religion, all you need to do is profess the name of Jesus. Really? Does that make you know anything about him? Does that tell you anything about what he taught? Okay. So you can apply these scriptures. See how you can apply these to so many things, see? Okay. For the inward thought and heart of man is cunning. Isn't that true? Let's work out something that looks good but we're going to tear it down. All right? Let's come to Psalm 101. See? Now, what are we doing here when we are looking at these things? We are looking exactly what Hebrews 4 told us. What? That the word of God is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting divide asunder. Huh? Doesn't it expose everything, what human beings are doing? for that which is good, for that which is evil. Okay? Psalm 101. All right? Let's pick it up in verse 3. Here's our to guard the door of your mind. Okay? Let's come up to verse 1. Okay? Verse 1. I will sing of mercy and justice as you, O Lord, to you, O Lord, I will sing praises. I shall behave myself wisely in a blameless way, choosing to do what is right. Oh, when will you come unto me? Well, God comes to you with his spirit all the time. 
I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Now, what is a perfect heart? Perfect heart is one that loves God, one that keeps his commandments, the one who trembles at his word, and all of that. See? So guarding the door of your mind or heart, then you're helping perfect it. And that's what God wants. And that's why we have the Sabbath day. That's why we get together. Okay? Let's go on. Verse 3. Now notice the choice. One for good and one for rejecting evil. If you do good, you're going to reject evil, right? If you keep the Sabbath, you're not going to keep Sunday, right? If you eat clean foods, you're not going to eat unclean food, right? Okay. Whatever it may be. If you love God, you're not going to hate him. If you love God, you're going to love the brethren. And if you love the brethren, you're going to be loving Christ. Isn't that what he said? Okay. So those are all choices for good. But here, you must have caution. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Because if it does, notice what happens. Notice what happens to the heart. And isn't that what we have with a lot of people today? Next verse, let's read it. A perverse heart shall be far from me, I will know no evil thing. See? Isn't that New Testament doctrine? Yes, it is. Okay. Now, how much of the New Testament was written on the first Pentecost, Acts the second chapter? Nada. wasn't until Acts of the 6th chapter that they started putting it together. All right? Let's see, let's see another one here. Let's come to Psalm 26. Psalm 26, verse 1. Okay? Judge me, O Lord, and we're being judged. Now, what, what did Paul write? If we judge ourselves and find our own sins and repent, we will not be judged of God, right? Okay. So judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and that integrity comes from God. I've also trusted in the Lord without wavering. What does it say in Proverbs, the third chapter? Trust in the Lord, how? With all your heart, right? Here's how he does it, verse 3. For your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your words. I have not sat with evil men, neither will I go in with hypocrites. Okay? Now that's how you guard the door of your mind. 
See how important that is for today with all that's going on. I mean, you can't even go to the grocery store without music. And I don't know about you, I've mentioned it before. Whenever the music is, and music today is not music. Rap music is evil savagery. Okay? Music today, all they do is just repeat the same words over and over and over and over again. And what effect does that have on the mind and heart? Hypnotizes you. See? And what happens when you get a song in your head that you don't want? How long does it take you to get rid of it? Well, I know my experience, it takes several days, two, three, or four days, right? Okay. And there's one picture, just one picture that I saw, a flash, just a flash about what the homosexuals do. Just a flash. And that had been hard to get rid of. So you don't know what enters into your mind in just a flash. See? So they have all of these things going, all right? Let's come to Proverbs 6. Okay? Notice how all of these are here for daily overcoming... For us, spiritually speaking. Okay, let's come to verse 6. Proverbs 6 and verse 6. So here's what God says. Now we can learn some things. And this is interesting. Go to the ant sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Who having no guide, overseer, or ruler provides her food in the summer, and gathers her food in the harvest. Okay? Can learn a lesson from just the things around us. Huh? Now, how long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall your poverty that can be spiritually and physically. And how many things come to neglect when you do that? See? Now, I've got a fence at home I need to repair. I've got it propped up now. But if it weren't propped up, it would fall over. But I've got to save enough money to do it because everything is outrageous. And just to get the lumber and do that section of the fence, probably going to cost me a couple thousand dollars to do it, okay? But if I hadn't gone out there and had that fixed, what would have happened? A little slumber, a little sleep, not taking care of it, boom, you're going to wake up one morning and walk out there and see, well, the fence fell down. <laughs> How did that happen? Because you didn't take care of it, stupid, okay? <laughs> Shall your poverty come as one who, who travels or your want like an armed man, okay? A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth, okay? 
and winking with the eye, speaking with his feet, promoting with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart, and he is always planning mischief. He causes discord. Who? Sound like some of the things in Washington, D.C.? I mean, even here down in the city council. They're doing some of the things that are kind of crazy. It's, it's something. Okay, let's come to Proverbs 10. Okay, that's why if you want a good study, study through the book of Proverbs. You'll learn a lot. Proverbs 10, verse 19. He who hides hatred with lying lips, and he who speaks slander is a fool. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools for the lack of wisdom. Okay. Now let's come to Proverbs 12. All right. Proverbs 12 and verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Okay. Correction may come from any place. What's the best correction possible? That you use your mind, God's spirit, God's word, you correct yourself. And that's called self-control, led by the spirit of God and the word of God. All right, let's come to verse 8. A man shall be praised according to his wisdom, but he who is of a perverse heart shall be despised. Huh. You can see that today, right? What do you think of some of those politicians mouthing off all of their lies? What do you do? You despise them, right? Okay. Do the Proverbs work? Yes, they do. Verse 20. Deceit is in the heart of those who imagine evil, but to counselors of peace, there is joy. Okay. In other words, bringing the right thing, it works out good. Okay. Proverbs 15. Now, just think of all the Proverbs we're bypassing to bring these out. Okay. Proverbs 15, verse 3. Now, notice this. For all of those who think that they can get away from God, think on this. Jesus has seven spirits that he controls. Okay. These in Revelation 5 are said to be the eyes of God that go through all the earth. Okay. 1 Corinthians 16 says that the eyes of the Lord goes seeking out those who are seeking him. So these eyes of the Lord are what God is using to keep up on what's taking place on the earth. See? 
Is this why he knows when a sparrow falls? I don't know. Just occurred to me. Okay, let's pick it up here. Uh, Proverb 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Quite a thing, isn't it? Okay. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it crushes the spirit. Okay. Same thing. Why are people depressed today? Well, many things. They don't know anything about God. They've got wrong thoughts. Plus, they have wrong diets. Tie that all in together. Now, I I saw a news report where a woman, all she had was nothing but depression, and finally she got hold of a natural doctor who said, quit eating all of these uh, processed foods and eat natural foods. And guess what? She overcame being depressed. Okay. So you see, there's a whole lot more to the Bible and the Word of God than people imagine. Okay. Now notice this, verse 5. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who listens to correction is prudent. Again, correction comes from any place. Verse 6. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. Now we'll finish with verse 7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the heart of the fool is not so. Can't happen. All right? Now, let's ask the question. Okay? Let's ask the question, how are we going to put all of this information together? Because there is a battle for the heart and mind. Let's come to 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and we will end with this. 2 Corinthians 10. And we will notice what Paul says. Let's pick it up here in verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. For although we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. There's a battle always going on all the time. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the overthrowing of strongholds. Now, what are those strongholds? Those are the things that are entrenched in our mind that need to be changed. And they're changed with the Spirit of God. They are changed with the Word of God being written in our hearts and in our minds. Okay? Now notice what we are to do. This is a responsibility that God gives us. Casting down vain imaginations, all of those foolish thoughts and stupidities, okay, And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See? Now that covers a lot of territory, doesn't it? Yes. And bringing into captivity. Now notice. 
What does God want? Bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. That's how it's written in our hearts and in our minds. This is how we develop the mind of Christ. Okay? And having a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience has been fulfilled. Verse 7 now. Are you looking at things according to their appearance? If anyone is persuaded in his mind that he is Christ, let him reconsider this concerning himself, for exactly as he is in Christ, so also we are Christ. So this is the battle that goes on. This is what we're confronted with every day. And so it's all a part of the process of conversion for the church of the firstborn. And we will always remember the church, remain the church of the firstborn after the resurrection.